This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick League 780, brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands, wearing their masks, getting their vaccines, doing the right thing. Well, hello there. My, it's been a long, long time 
Now my doom. Hello, welcome to Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 780. It's a new second number. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. This is Josh Flanagan. Hello, Connor. I'd like to, before we get too far into this, I would like to um, do a special edition of the What What Hurts segment. Oh boy! And this is a thing right. that this is a thing that hasn't happened in a while. So a couple of weeks ago, I spent an entire day doing yard work, and mm-hmm. nothing happened. There was no yeah. moment, you know. I didn't like shot my my thumb off with something. But about a day and a half later, uh, I had a terrible pain in the tendon on my thumb. And mm-hmm. uh, on the opposite thumb of the one that I had surgery on in the past. Anyway, oh, <laughs> and so it, it has been hurting for about three or four weeks now. Sure. And I woke up this morning and it didn't hurt. Wow. I don't. I can't. I did start. I've been wearing the brace very religiously, wore it to sleep, doing the whole thing. And it's not yeah. gone. But for about a moment after I woke up this morning, I was like, wait, which thumb was it? Because it felt so normal for just a bit and it's a podcast miracle i I just i want to start this off with something positive so you're saying you're saying it started hurting again i mean there's soreness i just know how to avoid it but but for the last week or so pretty much everything i did caused a sharp pain in my hand my right hand so it's sort of everything i do but uh, and i was like all right that's it i i have to go to the doctor today i was like you're making the call but uh, you know what body gave you a reprieve Thank God, because I could use it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> tell, tell them what iFanboy is and what we do. We'll move along. We are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book, called it the pick of the week. We talk about that book. We talk about other books from the week. We talk about the patron pick. We answer listener mail if we have time. We have fun. We have spoilers. There's your warning. There's spoilers. Josh, you had to pick. Not a great week in terms of like knowing what the pick was going to be. In fact, I was just about done, and I thought... I don't, I don't, I got nothing. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, but it, 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 for a second, I was like, well, maybe it's going to be Carmen. We're going to talk about that. I didn't want it to be Carmen again because I don't like right. to talk about the same thing. Also, feels like we just did that a week ago. But um, so I went with Time Before Time number one, mm-hmm. um, a, a new uh, series uh, from Image uh, written by Declan Shalvey and Rory McConville, uh, two fine Irish lads. Um, Artist Joe Palmer with colors mm-hmm. by Chris O'Halloran and, and uh, upcoming letter Hassan Atmani Alhau. This is our second week in a row with an image number one pick. This yeah. has not happened in a while. Well, I love time travel stories. And mm-hmm. what I really love is when a time travel story becomes about sort of the day to day mundane shit that has to do <laughs> with time travel. When your job is like, oh, gotta go to the 14th century. Time travel bureaucracy. Oh, that is that is that is my jam in a big way. Um, this is very similar uh, to Looper, I think, uh, in concept. There seems to be a criminal syndicate who is using time travel to en- enrich themselves. We don't have a full picture of the whole thing. Right. Although I think the criminal syndicate is called the syndicate. Um, they're not subtle about it in the future. No, I don't, I don't think they, everyone's, everyone's worried about hurricanes. So the main time sticky point here is t- 2140, yeah. I think. And the idea is, um, the first thing we see is, is our main character who you've been, you've been listening to this show for a while, long time. I'm not going to be able to tell you that information about what his name is. Um, he, he's basically pa- placing some people in, in uh, witness protection. And I thought the cold open was really strong. 
because they're in this sort of seedy hotel room in 1987, I think it is. And yes. and the kid's like, one more thing, because it, it, what's the Wi-Fi password? And he's like, kid, Wi-Fi <laughs> doesn't get invented for 10 more years. And the kid is totally pissed off about it, which I related to. Um, Was Wi-Fi invented in the 90s? Well, it could have been invented in 97. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that. I want to say that I had my first Wi-Fi router in 2000. So Maybe. starting yeah. then, you could get them before okay. that, but there were those Apple ones that were really expensive. They were not widespreadly used. No, widespread. I was, was I was an, hardware. I was an early adopter uh, in that sense. Uh, I think. Anyway, that kid screwed. Yeah. Well, no, he he thinks he is, but he's right. way better off. This, he doesn't realize he's free now. He, does, he doesn't kid. know. He has no context for that. So you know, there's a lot of things that are going on here that aren't directly explained and you're just sort of going through the life so you know he pops back into his current time and he throws up and the guy's like yeah there's some problems with the time machine and and the other guy's like you know and basically this guy's trying to get out from under uh he 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 you know he's got some sort of debt and he's almost worked his way through it and and he's like no i'm sorry the pod you were using yesterday broke and that's like a big problem because that means he has to keep working for some reason. I don't know. He goes to see his roommate. They have a bunch of beers and they're talking and they're hatch a plan like, what if we just steal one and go hide somewhere in time? And it's hard to tell if they're being serious or they're just, you know, mm-hmm. navel gazing about it. Um, I, see, I, I, I just like one thing. I, I don't know that I mean, there's definitely criminal activity going on for sure. The syndicate's definitely doing criminal mm-hmm. shit. And at one point they hide like a mass murderer, but in that drunken conversation, he does say that people are paying the syndicate their life savings to get out of Dodge because right. the future is terrible. They keep showing in the background yeah. news stories about hurricane, you know, super hurricanes and economic collapse. So it's like this technology is being used to get go, go back to a time in which it wasn't as bad as it. But is. they also go forward, like sure, they, sure, they sure. like. There's a whole thing where he goes to 3400, and anyway. It's funny because I, I was going back through this. Uh, I was trying to pull out an image of it. And I was going back through the book and I was like, wow, nothing really happens in this book. It's really mostly people talking. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and well, I, they I go from time to place. Like it's, it's almost like a movie where you can't afford the special effects where yeah. you, you keep coming in and out before the big uh, effects would happen. The structure is very much like, like a low budget indie movie. Mm-hmm. Again, Looper. Um, but I didn't mind it. I was, I was in it. The, the whole time and uh you know there's some twists and turns at the end and and well the big twist i think we should talk about i thought it was really effective uh with his friend yeah was that you know they've hatched this plan they're going to steal a time machine and his friend goes his friend oscar uh goes down uh goes goes on a mission you know not on a mission goes on a job well, they're the about to go they're about to go do yeah. the thing and someone's like hey oscar we need you for a thing and he's like all right i'll go do this thing like i'll be right back i'm just gonna you know right. keep up appearances and i think does it break the time machine yeah i think he can't get back well so it breaks and he finally does get back and he'd been in, he had been in the 3400s and he comes back and he's an old old man so now his friend who was young and vital like he was like the main character about to go on this mission, comes back and he's, you know, in a, in a future wheelchair. He's got oxygen hooked up. Like he's done. Mm-hmm. So now this partner in crime and his friend are, you know, also, if he had to not, live his whole life in the future, which apparently wasn't that great. He's also not done like, like kind of an old man. Like he's been through it. Like he's got right, the kind right, of right. bald head with like four patches of hair. That's not, that's not a good thing. That's not how you want it to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It's funny because wheelchair technology has not improved. This is a big old tank on the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just also like through that whole thing, the dialogue was really strong. Like I, I don't know who Rory McConville is, but um, I know that Declan Shalvey, you know, primarily came from being a, an artist, uh, you know, a, a penciler. And uh, this script was really strong, I thought. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, like the dialogue, the the pacing, the uh, the dissemination of information uh, was all very um, specific and and effective, and it was just enough that you didn't feel lost, but you didn't have to have everything explained to you. Like everything was shown and not told. There was no, actually, there nope. There was not a first person dialogue through here to sort of explain what no. was going on. No. I mean, really strong storytelling through this whole thing, and again. I, as I look back through it, it's mostly people walking and talking or sitting and talking. and it, mm-hmm. Which you would think that's not taking advantage of the comic book medium. Uh, but, but it really worked. Uh, this artist, Joe Palmer, reminds me of, I guess, the, the Ba and Moon Brothers. Yeah, a little think, bit, yeah. I think that was sort of the vibe that I was getting. Uh, he did this thing where he, he used sort of wide shots with kind of extreme angles so there's like a like a lot of the you know exterior shots are low or above then there's a bunch of sort of wide angle you know um sort of curved perspective shots and again very cinematic Mm -hmm. uh in a way that like now i don't mean that in a way that like i looked at this and said oh this is just a movie pitch but there is a storyboard quality to it and you could see this you could see this very easily as a film um, but I don't think it took away from the comic book craft of it. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think so at all. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't get that vibe. But it's, some, I mean, every, we just assume every indie book is a pitch. Yeah, book, but and 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 they should because you won't make enough money other, otherwise. But Declan Shalvey is, you know, he's an honestly a lifer because it sounds bad, but you know, he's a veteran in the comic industry. Yeah. He's, he knows, knows how to make comics, and he really does. I think I forgot partway through this wasn't Shalvey. Not that it's his style, but I just mm-hmm. sort of forgot he didn't draw it too. Um, that's just a compliment to the art because the art's terrific and Shalvey's a terrific artist. The cover, um, it's funny because the cover was him and I go, I think yeah. that's him. And it did make me go, wow, he hasn't drawn anything for a while. And, I, and I, I get there's all sorts of reasons for why people did that. But man, I was thinking of that, whatever that book was that he did with Warren Ellis, and I don't think it finished. But he did some sequences in there that were just masterful. I remember that. There's a fight scene yep. in the kitchen or something like that. That uh, if you don't have to draw, you don't draw. Yeah, I think we've learned that because the the drawing for a lot of people kills them. Yeah, uh, literally and figuratively. So, uh, but he can draw, and I, I do miss that a lot. It was very good. I I, I not surprised. I, I I suspected even that this would be the pick because you're didn't. such a Shelby fan. I, I don't say, I won't say that like I, f- I finished the book and I was like that's the thing because spoiler it's also the patron pick and sometimes I put the patron pick into a different bubble when I'm reading it but when I went back afterwards I went oh that's the best book I read like this is this ticks a ton of boxes and I think what's also interesting is that um you know we don't we don't plan what we're gonna say here about the book really we just sort of get, but once I started going and thinking about it and like all it, it's it's great when all the good things about a book come out when you start sort of mm-hmm. thinking about it and analyzing it um that's one of the best things because it was pretty subtle in its execution um yeah it was very good it was, yeah. it was one of the it was one of the better image number ones in a while yeah absolutely I mean, and it's, it was it's, just picked last week and it was good but like there's been a drought we've had three this year which is 
fairly good for recent years. Yeah. Cause recent, in recent years, it has just not been not been operating at the highest level. Well, it's also not it's it's not a high concept pitch other than it is a sci-fi thing with time travel, but it is very grounded and street mm-hmm. level. It's not, you know, zombies and time travel. It's not... There's Which not, I really enjoyed. I thought the characters yeah. were good and their, their problems were interesting. I thought it was very fun. Yep. So I laughed this week when I saw Giant Size, Amazing Spider-Man, King's Ransom, number one, which if you've been reading The Amazing Spider-Man and following the story of Boomerang and Kingpin and Spider-Man for the last however long... This was the finale. So I, if you didn't read this one, you would have missed how the story wrapped up. I have learned with this series, too, that I need to check each all of these. I've learned yes. that much. And when I see Nick Spencer's writing it, and I, you can see on the cover, you've got, you know, the kingpin. Uh, the cover appears, by the way, that he's going to have some sort of mystical powers, which is not really what it's about. Uh, the tablets do. Kind of. But either way, um, you know, you see Spider-Man and, and, and Boomerang, and you're like, oh, I guess that's, that's the thing. I, I I thought about it. I, I went right past it, and I thought, wait a minute. Yep. And I went back and looked at the cover. And same thing you did. And I was like, oh shit. And then, and then the thing is, like, I thought this was a really good issue. Yes, it was. But, but I was annoyed. There, there's there 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 has to be a reason they're doing. They keep doing this with Spider Man. I don't know if it's lining up for a, to get to a thousand. It's a long way off. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They've, they've done this several times throughout the course of Spencer's run, where the important things happen in these one shots. For for no apparent reason, and I don't I don't know why, but whatever. This is the final issue. Of I mean, maybe the whole that's a, a, a my armchair quarterbackness would be that maybe there's attrition in the week the by the the two week to two week sort of issues, and they want to keep the onus on like this is when the big things happens, and so they make maybe. sure that those are in issues that stand out, which to you and I maybe seem like things that we would more likely to ignore, but maybe to other readers, it's something they're going to be more likely to notice. Like, like it's almost like jumping on and off points, which are often the same thing, you know, are, are, are being highlighted in those ways. And also, you know, there's, there's something attractive to an old timey comic book reader about giant size, amazing Spider-Man King's ransom. Number one, like it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it was a bigger than it. It was a giant size. So that means it's 40, Maybe it's a double 40. issue. Double yeah, double issue. Um, but aside from all that, that's just packaging. Um, we have the the wrap up to to this boomerang and Spider Man story, or at least as it exists now, and it's tragic. I was so upset. It was it was tragic, but awesome. Like yes, I was sad that I went. That is awesome because I didn't see it coming. Yep, and it made total sense. It's one of those things where you go, no, well, okay. Like because it, yeah. it it totally tracks with the characters. It's kill your but babies. Before that, the unexpected bit for me that I really enjoyed also was the sort of impromptu New Avengers reunion mm-hmm. of Luke Cage, Wolverine, Hawkeye, Jessica Jones, uh, Spider Woman, and Spider Man, and Iron Fist. Even although he didn't really come until later, but it was nice. They were like, "Hey, it's, it's the New Avengers. We're we're hanging out." And then Luke gets to do Avengers Assemble, and I was like, "That made me feel good because that was." Sort of the last great era of comics, and there was even a funny bit there where they're all mad at Spider-Man because he doesn't attend the reunion dinners because <laughs> he doesn't I, take his email. I love it. I, I mean, it's hard, it's it's not hard to go. Well, Jesus, how do you think of something like that? And I was like, oh, that's how people feel. <laughs> like that's a real that's a real thing. Like people are like, hey, what are you doing? And you're so wrapped up in your own shit, yep. and your your problems, and they seem gigantic. And everyone's like, we all have problems too. You know, we we we're supposed to be friends. 
you're not a good friend. And I was like, oh, that's the ouch. That's really painful. So there's that, and there's the shedding of the new suit. And I think it hung around just long enough to be an interesting concept. But then, like, this isn't right. Because you're thinking that. The whole time you're reading it, you're like, that's kind of fun, but that ain't right. And you know, Well, I was thinking that during the conversation with the new Avengers. I was like, this is being recorded for the public. Yeah. Um, the whole new suit, if you haven't been reading, is that it's it's provided to him by J. Jonah Jameson's new company. Threats and, and Menaces. Li- live streams all of his adventures. And so everything is being live streamed all the time, Spider-Man's doing, which seems dangerous for a guy who won't shut his mouth. And um, there was even a bit... What was the... During J. Jonah Jameson's presentation, when, they, when he was unveiling his new product, uh, it reminded me of somebody... Oh, Stan Lee. Uh-huh. Like, it was very Stan Lee-esque. And like very uh, carnival barkery. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what kind of funding this website that does content has, that they right. can create us a an experience where people can do a VR Spider Slayer thing. But like, the, there's real robots running around and the technology of the suit. And I was like, this doesn't this doesn't jive with content uh, revenue. Absolutely true. However, I thought it was really smart. Yes. So the the big thing he reveals is that. They have these spider robots, the pro spider slayers, where you can log in with your phone and you can control them remotely like a video game. So people are doing that. And then eventually they go from fighting bad guys to fighting, to smashing property and fighting each other, which is Mm -hmm. exactly what would happen. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really good as a social commentary. So when he gets rid of the suit, he taps the side of his head and it just disappears. And I'm like, what is he still wearing the suit? He just made it look different. I don't know. Who knows? Or was the suit ephemeral? Doesn't matter. It's it's, it's about the suit was here all along. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> I just think that like you know, then we got we got a little bit of Black Cat helping out. That was nice. And then, um, you know, so the whole thing is they try to find these tablets, these mystical tablets. And I'll confess, I've, I've I had lost that whole train of the story. Line, oh, I wasn't so. even paying attention to it. So when when they when that became the big plot point, I was like, oh, okay, I don't really remember this, but basically, Boomerang's been looking for these tablets, and so is Kingpin, and that's been the the conflict. And then the, and, you know the the big sort of deep dive into Kingpin history, which took place in Daredevil, is that you know he lost his wife and son, and all he's wanted this whole time is to get his wife back. That's his humanity. That's his weakness. And that's the tablets. Tablets will bring her back. Right. And then he he realizes that she's going to hate him because she had to shoot their son the rose and so he brings back the son instead of instead of the wife from from death and that's going to be the next thing that happens um which right, is some so deep did, 70s comic book shit yeah in the middle of it uh the boomerang revenge squad which is boomerang's ex-teammates show up uh shocker and who are these other guys i'm getting it mixed up with the other spider-man book i read this week without looking uh so they, the speedy one yeah i don't i don't I only know shocker i don't know who these other two guys are yeah, but um, they, so they they fight. You know, they're mad at him for being good, and then the big reveal happens at the end after Spider-Man saves the day. Is that uh, Boomerang was never really good? The whole thing was that he he had been re- he had been reformed. He was Peter's roommate. He was being a hero. They had adventures together. Peter had to keep standing up for him in the hero community, and then uh, when he gets home. When Black Hat helps get him home because he gets knocked out, um, uh, he finds a letter from Boomerang saying, basically, uh, doing the classic end of the movie reveal, the Kaiser Soze su- yeah. you know, sum up that he has been bad this whole time. Did and he I was know like, that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? No. 
because the note said to Spidey for Pete. And then at the beginning, he says something about... No, the like, note says dear Spidey. Uh, okay. Right, that's and the beginning. Talks- but the outside of the envelope on another page says... And he says, you know, it's not cool to read someone else's mail. It's a federal offense. And then if you look... There's, there's two. Okay, so go. I think, to, I think, I think Pete's supposed to get a letter to Spidey because he doesn't. Okay, you know well, look I mean? though. Yeah, I'm looking on page thirty-five, two Spidey yeah. for Pete, and then uh, on the next page, uh, thirty-six, you got Boomerang standing over Spider-Man's body and his his masks off. Mm. I'm not interesting. I, I just I just don't know, and I'm okay with not knowing. I think that totally works. By the way, then all the new adventures coming into the apartment was great. They're all there in the hallway. <laughs> it's very silly. <laughs> and then the apartment expands to friends-like levels. And um, It was good. It was really good. Was, I mean, we had our problems with this book during the Kindred storyline, yeah. which went on way, way, way too long. And it's still seeming to... It's still kind of going on, there. but this was a really terrific issue. Yeah, it was fun. It really was. I really liked it. I don't know if this has been my pick, but there was a lot of books this week I enjoyed that could have been picked. But I don't know that good. it was like a great... Oh, it was like a great issue. I don't think like the art did its job or whatever. Um, is fine. It was more just like very high on the good old superhero scale in mm-hmm. terms of oh, Spider-Man sure. story. You know, just like you know, like a good burger. It's it was like one of the better Spider-Man issues in a while. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Over at Image again, Geiger number two from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, which came out quite timely. I might add. I think it's around four or five, and we're going to start to see whatever it is that's happened. But I was interested. This is a weird book. If you were like, this is Jeff John's new book, I was like, Jeff John's didn't write this. Yeah. It's so strange. I don't know what to make of it. I I, I don't know that I'm going to sit here and tell you that, like, this is great or this is terrible. I do know that I will read the next issue because I am – I don't know what the hell this is. I did, like – Enjoyable, though. Like, it's strange, but I like it. It's, you know, it's the story of the – this guy who, look, it's one of Image's many post-apocalyptic dystopian books. Yes. We've made we discussed that, but it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a superhero twist where this guy who was caught outside during the blast, and now he's this radioactive hero, sort of. He's more like a radioactive um, urban legend character. Yeah. Outside of Vegas, where it's sort of the, the dregs of humanity have gone to survive, which makes sense. And... Uh, we this is more of a deep dive into the Vegas part. Yeah, which through, sort of through, they, they threw a couple of characters. They threw like. that at us on the last page of the last one. It wasn't in the story at all. It was like also these characters, and they seem to have nothing to do with what we had just read. Right. Um Yeah, and the the very odd thing is that like basically the, somebody got back, they had found the thing that the king guy had wanted and it was the holy grail and we find out that it, that they had scavenged air force one and they got the nuclear football and i was like wow you're you're all over the place here <laughs> and it's it, it's very compelling and funny and unexpected and all those things and then king and joffrey the, wants those codes and then we switch to to like a, a down uh, down on her luck waitress who has two kids you know, and she steals the nuclear football from under the jerky guy's face, you know, feet in the in the casino and tells her kids we gotta take out it. I was like, that that changed direction very quickly. Yeah. You know, it was it was edge of the seat. It, the, my only by the way, my only complaint is that her daughter looks the same age or older than the mother. We see well, this that, a lot in comics. And that was the problem where I was like, Wait, did I thought the mother died? And then I was like, Oh right. I forgot yeah. that was a daughter too. And that happened really quick too. 
Like yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, wait, she's dead. We, I mean, like in terms of throwing a lot of sort of curveballs at us, I thought it was excellent. There's a bit where they get in a car and they're driving away, and there was an explanation for all of those things that happened too, which I liked. As opposed, to like, well, how'd they get out? Why did they get a car? Like, the mom figured all those things out ahead of time, um, mm-hmm. and then they're driving along, and a giant ant lands on the car, and you're like, Jesus! <laughs> 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 like, it was really, you know, it was and all and the then things. A giant two-headed wolf kills the ant. Like, it was. Yeah, there was a lot, and it, it worked. The wolf, the wolf is uh, Geiger's pet. Yeah, or sidekick, or whatever you call it. But I, I mean, look, the Gary Frank art is really great. It was um, it was a little looser, I think, than we've seen from yeah. him in a while, and and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it has to be to come out at all on time. Sure, but um, you know, we, we he's an artist of exemplary talent who we hardly ever see, so it's nice mm-hmm. to see, you know, the solid storytelling, great character faces, despite what you said, the, the sister, and the mom being very similar looking. That's I mean, that's an old man comic book artists have never gotten that right. I can't hold him accountable for this. But you know, it, it's it's. A very different kind of Jeff Johns book. When he announced he's doing an image book, it's like who you know, we had no context for what that might be like, and I don't think we really I mean, expected this kind of thing. He's really only ever done superheroes. Right. I mean, it, it, the closest that you could say he got away from it is the the Watchmen book he just did, you know. True. I can't I can't think of I feel like there was one other thing in the past. I mean that he, he did, did he did an issue of Black Hammer Visions. That was it. Mm-hmm. But that's DC heroes still, you know. All right, but I mean, like it's like that would be it. That would yeah. be the closest thing. And I also like this weird world is created here with Vegas, where there's like different kingdoms per casino, and we've got the creepy king, uh, boy king, and the the main casino, and there's the Manhattan casino, which is like 1920s New York. I hate any character with a page boy haircut. They well, it creeps me out every time. I can't. I can't even quite get behind He Man. Um, I just I love that like Jeff Johns has been a presence in our uh, comic book reading lives for 20 years. And he's like, well, what if I do this? And you're like, whoa, where the hell did this come from? And I think that's fascinating. And it's not terrible. A lot of people do that and then it's terrible and they just go back to it, but it's not. And indeed, indeed. He's, uh, he's, that, a good, he's a good decade or so behind everybody else doing the image thing. Well, hey. he wrote that DC trade for a long time. He a lot did. longer than most people did. Batman the Detective number two. This is Tom Taylor's six issue miniseries of Batman, older Batman. In, this is one of several uh, Elseworlds, non Elseworlds books that came out this week. Uh, Batman Detective number two out of, out of six, bat, older Batman in England uh, fighting a cabal of people who are killing everyone that he has ever saved. I, I liked this. I, I think it gave me more context uh, than the mm-hmm. first one. I liked also that it has. Uh, it has a jauntiness to it. It has it does. just a touch of of humor, a bit of fun that I think you know is not often in Batman books. Is certainly not in future grim Batman books. It's a little silly with these. Well, the, I, I don't know if it's the Kubert art, oh. but it has a feeling of early Grant Morrison Batman. It does. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it does. It's it feels like that. I mean, I think that Taylor is a guy who's, who's great, obviously, but you can also see his influences, you know, pretty easily. So this has definitely got a Grant Morrison thing going. That Hellblazer book was like, oh, you, you read the Garth Ennis Hellblazer stuff. And it doesn't come off as imitation, but it comes off as like, I think the thing in this style is pretty cool and I'm going to do it that way. And he's doing it really well. And by the way, the Kubert art, we'd said this last time, but this is fantastic Kubert art. Um, yeah, I also, I just really liked the plot 
device and how it was uh, visually rendered that like the one guy got a tracker on him and, and they, the mm-hmm. logic of like, so you're saying Batman saved you? It's like, no, I, I, and then they had to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> because he's not, he shouldn't exist. Their whole when you idea, run up into the rules of the cult, the cult will come back and bite you in the ass. It's true. It's true. Also, you've got you've got heavy Ducard influence, a character who I had never heard of before that movie. Love Ducard. Yeah, but I Ducard could tell. Is, it's, yeah, Henri Ducard is one of the guys who trained Batman on his you know global journey in his twenties before he became Batman. He trained him in detective work, and so it was great. I love that guy. Yep, it was a really fun it, issue. It was a really fun issue. Uh, so far, this is living up to all, all the hype I had built up in my head about it. It's mm-hmm. it, once I was like, "Well, this is a very different kind of Batman story, but still very much a Batman story." Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying it. And listen, if they're going to be giving these guys free reign to do whatever now, this is the kind of thing that you want to come out of that. Yeah, that it's story. totally true. Like, you know, as long as the stories keep up, do what you want, which I think is you know that's the idea. We had another well, not double sized book, but oversized book this week. Fantastic Four thirty two. From Dan Slott, R.B. Silva, Javier Rodriguez, and uh, friends. And this, what made me happy about this issue, this is The Bride of Doom Part 1, is that the, the we've been raving about the Fantastic Four series since Slott's been doing it. And the only part for me that was not as good was that storyline where they went to that, all, that planet where Johnny met his quote-unquote soulmate. I didn't like that storyline at all. And then she came back, and she's been sort of there the whole time, kind of mucking up this, the whole situation. But now, that relationship's in trouble. And I was like, yes, finally. Get I, her out of here. I don't mind her. In, I, like, it's been an interesting... Uh, to me, it's a very Fantastic four kind of thing. Because it's very mm-hmm. family, and, and it, it sort of disrupts the family. And it, it sort of gets to who he is, and it feels very off. And so mm-hmm. you know that there's sort of something terrible coming. And I, you know, I love the fact that like he, he ends up talking to his exes in this a lot. <laughs> and, and the cover, it's funny cause the cover seems to seem to indicate that, uh, that we're going to find out that the lady's a scroll, but it turns out that he was married to a scroll who had tricked him into thinking he was somebody, she was somebody else. And I don't know mm-hmm. that story, but, uh, but it works like it totally makes sense. Um, and then he sleeps with victorious, which is weird from from out of nowhere, but not. Uh, yeah. And then and then and then while he's hiding under the bed, Doom proposes to her, and she says yes. And I was of like, "That's course. very awkward. That's extremely, <laughs> extremely awkward." Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't like the Sky character, but I did feel bad for her because she she can sense or feel Johnny's emotions or feelings. This is kind of murky. I and feel so like there was just, a. There was a real bit there where like, well, wait, what happened here? They're all standing outside the museum. Then we're back in well, her place. You're you're supposed to not wonder because the, you know, you know, the reveal that um, she knows that Johnny's sleeping with somebody else. So she's yeah. upset. And that made me feel bad for her. The one there's, thing a, I, there's a yada, yada, yada there that needs to be a little clearer. <laughs> the one thing that did not confuse me, but but I wasn't quite sure what exactly was happening was on page 18 of your digital reader where... Johnny's outside of the museum because most of the issue takes place at the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art at New York, I believe it's that one. And uh, he's talking to his ex, the Skrull. And we cut to Alicia back home in her studio creepily talking to the a tiny version of the Skrull, you know, statue of the Skrull character. 
I mean, are we learning now that Alicia is a puppet master and a sort of a voodoo well, doll kind of thing? She seems to be talking through the yeah the statue out of the scroll's mouth. So what was happening there? I don't know, but it's it's uh it was creepy. So Alicia is a a classical Roman sculptor. Pretty much, she does big marble marble sculptures. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's been her thing. She does giant all the all the marble sculptures in the Marvel universe. Basically, she did all the like superhero ones, the ones with the Avengers, and all that stuff. Nice. Um. And then I really liked the little tiny backup story that Javier Rodriguez drew that was a flashback to college in the 60s, and which I love. It doesn't make sense, but I love it. No, it doesn't happen. And, and then where Reed tries to, you know, make friends with, with Victor. Victor's like, fuck off. And he, Reed tries to do it through chess. And so we, we jump to the future or the present and uh, <clears throat> an awesome chess match between Reed and, and Victor involving swords and i thought it was really inventive and fun i really liked the sequences where they're fighting and playing chess at the same time and the prize is you know uh, one must do a boon for the other and then and what what victor wants is he wants reed to be his best man that dude needs therapy he does he loves he loves reed and he just can't it's so good i got whatever whatever deal that dan slot signed to make himself so good at this uh was a good deal and I, I don't understand how I could not read the Amazing Spider-Man stuff for five seconds, but mm-hmm. I can totally get into this. I, 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 I love that. The same, same thing as we were just talking about with Jeff Johns. Like, well, he just did this different thing. And I, it's, it's great. I, I, yeah. It's one of those things where you, like, people think that you have to like a comic writer. You don't have to like everything they do. You know, maybe they just, you know, doesn't work for you. But then you just, well, you can love it. And, and I, it's, that's so much better than Sometimes I don't like Sometimes there's a confluence of writer and property. And artist and time and all, all that kinds stuff. of things. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an alchemy. You want to talk about al- alchemy? Oh, boy. When, uh, we're going we're gonna to thank Mac Baldwin for being our sponsor today. And, boy, you want to talk about the right thing at the right time. It's pretty much most days I can I can grab a pair of the Mac Weldon that I I have in my I want to say I have four varieties of four. their wow. of their underwears under under <laughs> underwears underswear underswear I think that's the way it goes yeah, yeah. so anyway uh, you may have noticed that it's uh, the, in in the United States anyway things are heating up I don't mean that in a in a uh, um, figurative sense. I mean, it's getting warmer. Spring is coming. We're starting to get a little summer temperatures. And let me just tell you that heat, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, moisture management sure. is, uh, is becoming imperative. And uh, having, the different, having the different options of the different fabrics that, that they've got, we're going to get to those, has been a big thing. So, you know, now that you're getting back to things, it, you, got, you got your vaccines out there. You got, they saying you can go out, do things, especially outside. You're going to be nice and safe, uh, which is all good news. And the fact is that the Mac Weldon stuff is going to make this stuff better. So let's talk about the stealth boxer briefs. You got your body mapping technology. I don't know what that means. Fabric mesh zones. I kind of understand what that means because I have a pair of those and, and different parts of it have different fabrics depending on what you need there. So one is moving moisture away. One is stretching. One is not. One is supporting. I think you get sure. the point. If they're, they, the stealth boxer briefs are kind of intense. I, I'm like, well, I, I need to save these for when I'm storming foreign capitals. <laughs> they <laughs> deliver on radar. That's yeah, important. Exactly. I didn't even yeah. think of that. There's uh, enhanced breathability and support. They're perfect for everyday wear or layered underneath workout gear. I have even layered them underneath a swimsuit, which they say you should, can do. Uh, you got the sweatpants uh, when, without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants because let's be honest, over the last year, sweatpants, you know, 
it kind of been played out. But the Mack Weldon Ace line is a darn fine mm-hmm. sweatpant. And also, you have the option for the the shorter, the short version. You have this, I believe. I do. And actually, it's been, it's been quote-unquote cold in the Los Angeles area in the past week. It's, it's dipped down into the 60s. And so I was wearing my Ace sweatpants just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a, it's a fine. I've had, I, mean, I want to say I've had mine for a couple of years now. I got no pills. I don't have uh, significant shrinkage. Uh, it's, it's a darn fine piece of kit. Um, so we're out doing those things. I have been, uh, I've been using the, uh, the more breathable uh, versions of these to do athletic activities. Uh, when it's a little colder, we go back to the other thing. It's very nice. They are your one-stop shop for socks, shirts, hoodies. Wore my t-shirt the other day, too. Very nice. Uh, underwear, polos, or active shorts. Mack Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit. They look great. They feel great. Uh, if you're working out, you're going out, you're going on a date, that might be a thing that happens more often now. Dates. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? I mean, I can't because I've been married for a thousand years. Uh, but Mack Weldon is for your everyday life, all those types of life. You would be maybe. a disaster if you had to go back out there. Out there. I was then. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be any different. It would be even worse now. I understand that. I understand that. (laughs) I was like, let's not walk down that road, Josh. Uh, There's a wide range of customized fabrics. uh, We were talking about, you know, the stealth. We're talking about the the, uh, air knit. Those are the ones I really like uh, for when I'm doing stuff. Uh, There's Weldon Blue, the totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you get to level two, by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. That's just, they're just giving you money in a reverse sort of way. They guarantee that they want you to be comfortable. You do not like your first pair of underwear. Keep them. They will still refund you. No questions asked. Obviously, they don't want your old dirty skivvies back, but they're saying, we believe you. Don't mail them back. Don't mail them back. Don't do that. They're saying, though, we believe you. You don't like them, and fair enough. And I'm sure they think, we don't understand that, and which I don't either, by the way. Uh, But but they've they've got that there. That's there. I've never known anyone to take them up on that. I would imagine it's a low recidivism rate. You're thinking, I want to get into this. 20% off your first order. Go to MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy. And remember, you buy things, you start to get 20% off again. So it's it's not just the first time. Uh, that's MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy with the promo code iFanboy. 20% off your first order. MacWeldon is reinventing men's basics. And, and thank goodness for it. That's what I say. Exactly. Carmen number three. I think there's only five issues. I'm trying to figure out. There's I got the feeling. Them. I was like, was this the last issue? Because it felt like it. Like a really down ending, but I, I don't know. Well, this one is. was the turn of the corner. Yes. Right? We learned a lot in this one. I think there's only a couple or if one. There's not many left. Um, I feel dumb that for not realizing that Carmen is karma. And that's the whole thing here is this. this it's not really like a, like a Judeo-Christian view of the world, even though the dead bodies are sort of floating up. It's that they're, it's all karma-based. With reincarnation, and yeah, it's not she's not she's not the Grim Reaper, or the Angel of Death. She's karma. I don't I don't think that I put it together. It was karma, but I did know you know like there's another character who comes along who's Carmela, yeah. and actually for a little bit I was like, wait, who is Carmen? Because I'd lost track. Um, yeah, but she's had enough of this girl's bullshit. Yeah, and there was some really just you know rough parts here where uh, you know the, the last shoot the cliffhanger was that the main girl is Kat, Catalina. Uh, was fell off a statue and she's falling to the earth and uh, she falls through a woman who's pushing a baby carriage and she sees in like in a twisted film strip this woman's life which has been tough and uh that was sad and disturbing and then we deal with the suicide it sort of it sort of wakes her up to what's going on 
you know, finally someone tells her off. Like, you know, did you even think about your parents? Did you even think about your friends? Did you even think about it? She's like, I didn't think about any of this. Because, which is, you know, it's the tough thing about suicide, amongst many tough things, is that um, there's a bit of resentfulness. Well, the people who were left behind. Yeah, and you it's, know, you're, it's you're thought to be. Sad, you're also angry because, and it's thought know. to be an inherently selfish act. Right. And now that's not to. I don't know. It, there's a lot there, and I thought it was an interesting turn on things. Whereas before, it was very much like almost like a celebration of life. You know, like these are all the great things and the beautiful things, and you're flying and just be okay with it. And and now it was like. All right, and then we get the incredibly sad story of this dude. Oh, that poor nerd. This poor nerd who who met this cute waitress and developed a friendship and then a relationship and he's going to propose to her and she's very excited and he gets hit by a car and we see his whole life play out and it's just like and then the, and the, he doesn't understand he's dead and he's yeah. he's trying to find the that ring that was the and, worst was the denial of like hold on let me find the ring and they work together to do it and it doesn't matter oh, it's like, oh no buddy it's like look at me no i'm oh, not gonna buddy. stand out i'm not that good looking so I had to work harder for everything, you know, and I got this girl and she is perfect. And I've loved her from the moment I've met her. And you get hit by a fucking car. Uh, this, this, this book remains really incredible. Like out of, out of nowhere. Yep. Like totally. who knew Gil March had this in him after years of. It's possible. You know. It's possible European comic readers did. I don't know. <laughs> Damn them. I mean, there, there might be other books. I don't know. I don't know. Um, That's true. Did you read Justice League Last Ride number one? I did. This would be the other Elseworlds book I was talking about. Originally supposed to be a digital only book, and I, or digital first book, and I believe oh. it's just a regular book now. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, continuing his sort of uh, slow bleed into DC, and art by Miguel Monda, uh, Monda, Mondanaka. Well, actually, the, the, the little sedate on the C would indicate that it's a soft C sound, so Mondanza. Mondanza. Maybe. Uh, this is a story about the league in the future in which they've sort of broken up. Batman and Superman have a rift. I like that a lot. I like that just that, that device of them, like nobody said what was going on, but you knew there was a problem. I really, that was like, that's a good place to start a story. And they have to come together for one last mission to keep Lobo alive because Lobo killed the new gods and he's awaiting trial. And people are going to try to kill him, so they have to keep him alive. It's really one of those. Uh, I know that you hate Lobo. I do, yeah. but that's I, fine. He's a, he's a plot device here. I do like the idea of Lobo being the person they have to protect, and he is unrepentant. He is not going to help you. You know, I'm tra- there's movies. I'm sure there's movies, and I can't think of a single one of them. Sure, there's uh, tons of movies where they have to protect you know the bad guy. You know, like uh, Three Ten to Yuma. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to, he's got to, you know, Christian Bale, not the original, obviously, uh, but, you know, they got to protect the bad guy, get him to the train. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of, it's, it's, it's a well-worn story. It's a good one. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of tension in it, but so you have uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, it looks like Wally, Flash, and then Jon Stewart, although um, Hal shows up as well, and Kilowog and Jessica Cruz, because they're the ones transporting Lobo and, uh. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did. It was a lot of fun. It was it was high on a specific time period of gosh, uh, yeah. superhero uh, stuff. I think it was interesting that all the Green Lanterns are depicted in this as constantly glowing green. Yeah. And I was like, well, how are they going to keep him in the Green Lantern construct? That seems like a better way to go. They got to let him out of there. 
And, you know, in this context, I think that Lobo represents a, a threat and, and like a real one. Right. It's fun. I, I really, and you know, the, the, the drama stuff between Batman and Superman was really interesting. You, you never see this part. Like, what about years later when somebody finally had enough of that other bastard? And it works both ways. Yeah, and it's, and it's fine as this kind of story yes. that's like a self-contained future Elseworlds yes. tale. Like, I'm happy with them being friends in the main book. That's what I want. But in the future, we can play with that. It was really fun. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Chip Zuzowski, you know, dipping his toes in both waters. The guy's, the guy's got range. The guy's got mad range. He does. Speaking of Rorschach, number eight, Tom King, Jorge Fornes, Dave Stewart, Clayton Cowles. I really loved the format of this. And I'm sure it was probably controversial and uh, polarizing, but I loved the, you know, the the, the three, the th- each page being broken up into thirds, and each story of a different witness being to- interviewed by by the cop. Or interviewed is a light term for for what he does to them. But I wasn't entirely um, clear why he was beating the shit out of them. I was I thought of, I thought he was I don't just know an either. investigator. And that was kind of a shocking twist. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it was a hell of a structure and it was one of those ones. This is a Tom King thing is that you just have to go. I, I recognize that I have no idea what's going on here for a while. And as you read through it, it's always a backwards kind of, you know, puzzle. So if you stick with it long enough by the end, uh, you, it'll, it'll sort of make sense to you. Much like the film Tenet. Um, so like, you know, we learn a lot about how. What's been, yeah, the, all the uh, things that led up. Steve Ditko and his young protege trained to try to assassinate Robert Redford <laughs> with the help of Frank Miller. This is the book. <laughs> and various uh, golden and silver age comic book luminaries. They actually weren't trying to assassinate Robert Redford. They're trying to assassinate the other guy, Turley. But still, Redford it's is the like that. pre-president. Um, and so we learned about, you know, they, they built this they built this house in the desert and then they built this shooting range that mimicked where they were going to do it. And, and these three guys were involved somehow and uh, it's the uh, financial advisor, the therapist, and then like they're sort of go for a guy, the sort of guy who helped them with with uh, you know stuff like shopping and stuff. That second to last page, I think, really sold the whole thing for me. I was like, "Whoa, what's this? What's happening?" Yes, that's where you're. That's that was the moment, mm-hmm. right? We're in issue eight of twelve, right? So now we're in the home stretch. So he, the cop, ends up beating the hell out of these three suspects. And Columbo, and uh, they, they say in consecutive panels in different time periods, "Oh, it is you! I've been waiting for you." And you're like with a creepy, mm-hmm. bloody grin on the last guy's face, and I was like, "Oh shit! What does that yeah, mean?" Yeah, it's good. And what does it mean that he pulls a red cup off of the water thing, but then it turns green? I mean, normally it means that what there's a that? terrible coloring mistake, but. That could be it. It's Dave Stewart. It's red, then it's not that. Then it's blue. Uh, well, it's the three it's time the periods. So the first, the first True. third is there's a red cup, and he takes a drink, and then the second third is he's come out from the the second interrogation, and he's still That's got green. the the blood. And the third one is is the blue cup as he goes back in to talk to the handyman. Although on the top one, he's pulling a red cup off of the sleeve of green. It doesn't really Yeah, but matter. they can be in there in different orders. They don't have to be directly afterwards. Those things are randomly loaded yeah. in there. Yeah. This is uh, this is fun. I'm really looking forward to the final, you know, three issues, four issues, and uh, math is hard. And um, this, is, this is crazy. Just crazy mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. And I'm completely like past it. the point of caring that it's Watchmen. 
and thinking you shouldn't do this. Or like, I don't, I don't care. I, 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 have, I haven't cared in a while. And I know that there's lots of people out there who still care and are mad about it. And, and I, you could not love the text of that first graphic novel more than I do. But if you're going to do rad things with it, go for it. I bet it's really fun to write the Frank Miller scenes. I, you know it. You can tell. And, and drawing Frank Miller, being a nutbag, it's great. It's just so dumb. Those are the books we wanted to talk about. But at patreon.com slash ifanvoy, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron gets a vote. One patron, one vote. And this week, they voted for time before time, number one, just like Josh did. And so we'll do ratings on time before time, number one, from Declan Shelby, Roy McConville, Joe Palmer, Chris O'Halloran, and Hassan Otsman Eloi. Elau? Elhau? Uh, time before time out of five, I'm giving it a four. 4.25. Sticking with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, that's how people help the show. If you, if you thought, hey, I want to support these guys. I enjoy the show. I enjoy the content. And I enjoy, oh, God, that word. <laughs> I enjoy the entertainment they brought over the last 15 years of the show and 20 years of the website. How do I support them? Patreon.com slash iFanboy. They've unlocked lots of great content that everybody gets to enjoy. They have, there's been the patron picks, the talks blows, the books blows, the media explodes, the YouTube shows going back up. Uh, and for them, they get the monthly patron hangout. All those things have been unlocked by the patrons. So there's more There's more shows for everyone to enjoy, and all because of the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Uh, we have stretch goals that we're still trying to hit. One is another show in which, which we follow the classic G.I. Joe, Joe cartoon. Uh, and then the next one after that is we bring back the barbecue and email video show, which was always a huge, huge favorite back in the day. And that will come back on a quarterly basis if we had our next stretch goal. So check that out, and also you get to enjoy, if you enjoy the if you join the patrons, you get to hang out in the Facebook group or the Discord server. Josh made a surprise appearance in the Discord server this week, and uh, there are really fun communities that echo the old days of iFanboy, and we do we do love that it's happening. It's all a lot of great things happening at Patreon.com/ifanboy. Also ifanboy.threadless.com. That's where our T-shirts are sold. We have eight designs: the iFanboy logo shirt, the Herm shirt, the Pickley podcast shirt, the rating shirt, the one is lecture shirt, the GDAT shirt. The Nothing Makes Sense, Nothing Matters shirt and Stay Read Comics shirt. And those are all available. You can also get those designs and other things, but primarily they, they're shirts. And we have some new designs. We're waiting on Josh on the newest one. He said, I have some sketch ideas. We're you know, still waiting. I, I sort of went after it and I was like, I don't like any of this. So that's that's what happened. With it. I didn't forget. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you were thinking. It was, it was one day I was like, I think this will work. And then the next day I went for it and I was like, hey, what are you thinking? You don't have this talent. So we do have a couple of we, we, we're, we're designing although now probably time to kick it over to the professionals and uh the, the you know you can get like i said you can get them on phone covers bath mats notebooks shower curtains all kinds of things do they have onesies I'm sure they do well there you go if you've got a new newborn in your life get a onesie get a nothing made sense nothing matters onesie for the newborn in your life uh, <laughs> teach them early i found out a slash support is where you can throw a tip jar to the paypal thing that those are words that make sense. You can throw some money in the tip jar via PayPal, and we do appreciate that. If you don't want to be a mem- uh, patron, or if you don't want to buy a T-shirt, totally fine. Some people do that, and it's great. And I found out.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find our books, blood books, as well as the general Amazon link. And we thank everybody who does that. That's how you keep the show going. It helps us pay the bills and uh, rewards our time for the effort it takes to do these shows, which is not not, not nothing. And uh, we do appreciate it. So I thought not a lot of books this week would be fine. But we're totally not mm-hmm. going to get to all the email. Yeah, we we spend too much time in the books. That's just that's uh, just the that's reality. The, that's so, what you show up for. 
One last thing for the patrons. If you give it the $5 or higher level, you get your superpower live on the show. It's a reward for doing so. And so we'd like to thank these people in that manner. Alexander Lampe? Lamp? Uh-huh. Maybe the E's silent. I don't know. That's the danger of all this. I'm going to say Lampe. Alexander Lampe. Um, you've, well, maybe you have it. Have you seen any of the Harry Potter movies? Yeah. Okay. I, I went and saw pretty much every one of them in the theater by myself. That's interesting. I didn't even do I, that. Well, I'd read all the we books. We were a little too old for it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, like, like at one point... This is a conversation yeah. every time. The power that Alexander Lampe has is that any photograph he touches turns into a Harry Potter photograph. So Ooh, he gets to move? see. They move. So, like, you know, let's just an old photograph of, I don't know, uh, FDR at his desk at the White House, right? So he gets to see sort of the the gif of of what was happening before and after the uh, the photographs being taken. Or gif, whichever. So, or GIF, whatever you want to say. I go with the way that the creator of the GIF oh, says it. We should it, have this. We should have this discussion now. I brought it up, but I so, just I couldn't. I couldn't sit here. I, I can't take it. So um, he turns any photograph into a Harry Potter photograph just by touching it. M- Matteo Arena. <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm liking the next two names a lot. Uh, they are is the bus flinger. Can fling buses. Oh, uh, that's the only type of vehicle that can be flung. Uh, but like you can use this guy on the set of any modern superhero movie because you need someone to fling a bus. Sure. Got to get a budget line in for Mateo. There's a lot of bus flinging yeah. in this movie. Yeah, so he comes in, he flings buses. Like, you know, well, doesn't it make sense that he could fling a smaller vehicle? No, he can fling a bus. Can he, can he okay. juggle the buses? No, he can fling them. So like a perfect spiral. Are you listening? He flings them. He just flings it. He's a bus flinger. Maximo Vega. Great name. Uh, whenever Maximo sits on a chair or a sofa or whatever, yeah, whatever, he, whatever he's sitting on becomes the most ergonomically, optimally ergonomic situation possible. Wow. So like the, ter- the chair will morph into becoming totally ergonomic and, and he won't hurt his back or anything from sitting. I have an ergonomic chair and I find that I every, like, I, it just means that I more frequently find that I'm slouching. Oh, wait. Okay. Back up. And then burr him down. Adam Granger is the master of polymers. He can shape and, and work and change polymers. Okay. Now, you might be saying, Josh, what is a polymer? That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I could look it up and tell you, but you could do the same thing. So he's the master of polymers. He'll work out how that happens, what it means, what polymers are. Ryan's not here, so I don't have to listen to an explanation of it. I'm going to get a text, but still. <laughs> hey, could, you know, it's important to be a master yeah. of polymers. There's Kang, master of time. Adam Granger, master of polymers. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go and add a book. Uh, oh, wow. You can add a book to the rundown. But if you give it the $5 higher level, you can... Uh, get your own superpower live on the show, like Alexander and Mateo and Maximo and Adam. Thank you. I'm for coming supporting. to the end of my list that I had a fugue state one night and I wrote like 20 of them down. And I, so for each show for the past couple of months, I've been like, I'm good. I got my list. I've only got two things left on there, and they're not the best ones. So I might have to take another go at it. <laughs> what are you going to do, producer man? <sighs> Let's see. Let's do Chris A. My 10-year-old is getting into drawing and likes to mimic comic artists as he is learning. Do you have any comic book art recommendations? I got the Darwin DC book, uh, The Art of Darwin, and the Mignola 
quarantine sketchbook. Any advice is appreciated. And I've been thinking about this question for as long as I've been trying to get him to care about anything other than video games and YouTuber. Bring it in, Chris. Bring it in, Chris. Can uh-huh. I give you a, a warm... It's the lament long, of every parent I know. Oh, they just The YouTubers just yell constantly, and I'm so afraid they're going to talk like them. And I don't want they them are. to talk like them. Oh, excitement equals being interesting. The problem is allowing the internet into your house. I know. That was your first mistake. I know. The problem is, that's literally what I do for a living and this second job. So, you know what you should do is you should block YouTube and all your devices and manufacture a fake news article about how YouTube went out of business. How will I watch Seth Meyers? (laughs) I have to watch it on television like everybody else. Uh, It's a small price to pay for getting that out of your life. What if we, I learn a lot from YouTube too. A lot of guitar stuff. I'm just, but I don't, I listen to old men, so it's not, and they're all men. Um, so let's talk about this. I, I I know it's, maybe this is obvious and I know it's maybe an oldie, but goodie kind of thing, but how to draw comics the Marvel way was the book that, uh, made me want to draw. And I still think about it to this day when I look at comics and how, I mean, it, it may be tough for style. I don't know. I think it's style timeless, but it's gonna it's it's gonna have tons of great lessons on um, the the way to tell stories. How do you tell stories? Like, that's, that's it was like what makes a drawing interesting. There's all these bits of like, and I I wouldn't say I was about eleven when I got it, and oh, sure. it was old then, so it was a little. We but, all had it. You know the thing where they'll show like here's here's three figures. You know, one's, it's all the same drawing, but one's dramatic and one isn't, you know, and I, 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 that still sticks with me. It's super interesting. And I also like, I would draw the pictures that I saw in there and it is a little more, it's, it's a different, it's a departure from like a Darwin Cook art or certainly a Mignola art because it's like that sort of classic sculpted comic book, John Buscema thing. But, uh, it didn't even have to be like there's I, I'm thinking there's like a, there's a thing where there's just a rough sketch of doom and they sort of show him from the front from below from like up above and canted uh they god i was always so frustrated i couldn't make it look like john Bichon. no and he made and he made it look easy but i mean that's just, 1978 was when that book was published by yeah. the way so you know i you know i was there 10 years after it came out you're it's going to be closer to 40 something years after it comes out but I, I still think that there's something worth it in there the lessons are timeless. yeah i really think so and the drawings are just just great so that's that's my first and really only significant did you know i mean i'm sure you did know this and this is ir- ironic considering we just our discussion we just had but there was a video that came along that you could buy as well did you no, know the, I don't remember the video that. there was a how to draw comics on marvel way video and it's on youtube it's on uh, it, it's, it's the full length is on youtube it's an hour long uh, i remember I, I i had it or or someone had it but it's got it's got stan john busima um you know, Stan's talking over John as he draws over the table, and uh, it's basically like lessons from the book in video form. And you can you watch Bishop and draw. That might make that might it's make it good. seem a lot older than reading the book would. <laughs> like, oh, look at these old men. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not only old men, but old timey old men. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like other art books, I don't know. I feel like I used to know a lot more about this than I do now. I'm sure people still do them, but since so much sketching ends up digitally, you know, it's like it's like. Uh, Instagram fodder much more than is people putting it into books and sort of that high class Darwin Cook art book is is a little more rare. But I would say that, I mean, show them a bunch of art 
and see which ones he likes and then check and see if those people do, you know, sketchbooks or anything that you can order or something like that. Um, I, I bet a lot of folks made sketchbooks and still have stores of them that they're selling on their big cartel store or something like that. I've had a couple of Scotty Young ones. I've had uh, Ryan Otley did one, although I don't know that that's appropriate for a 10-year-old. That's your call. Um, it shouldn't be. The drawing is, but it's then the decapitated limbs and blood and stuff that might make it a little different. Um yeah, I mean, I, because art is so um, varied now, like the styles, you know, from the time that, when when that book came out, you know, in the 70s, all the art kind of looked the same. It was a house style kind of thing. And now there's just so many different things. But at the same time, like, you don't need art books. You just go with the, the you know, the, the sequential stuff. Like, that's where their best stuff's going to work and live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, I would, we, we just denigrated, but I think I think you can find also a lot of artists on YouTube showing doing how to stuff in terms, in terms yes. of uh, like you know fairly well known artists doing that. Or at least or at least you can you can find videos of yeah, them drawing. Yeah. And that always, I, as a kid, I always liked to watch. I like I like to watch it as an adult, but you know, as someone learning to draw as a kid, I always like to do that. Do that yeah, too. I think that's great too to sort of just see those things come to life. Uh, that's why the. Uh, Google Stanley, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way on YouTube, and you'll get the full-length video. Um, it's an hour long, and it's all about pers- you know perspective and and uh, you know dynamism. Yeah, it's it's cool. Absolutely. Um, let's move along. We will deal with that other question next time. Uh, Contact at ifanboy.com. You can send us questions there. Uh, make sure that you're thinking about it in terms of of the show. An essay ain't gonna work. Um, it's something we can talk about. Uh, Short, punchy. You can offer Short. your opinion quickly, but but you know, I can't, we can't we can't do a whole uh, whole treatise. It's not going to happen. Also, uh, we invite you to write in questions for our media explode shows as well. Um, those happen once a month, um, and we always like to do at least a question on there if we can, and that makes it more interesting because it's stuff that we wouldn't necessarily think of. Uh, so they're special editions. Yes, so we had the Invincible show last week in which um, Paul and I and a special guest Josh discussed the first season of Invincible. And then, fingers crossed, there's a Justice Society World War II special edition right behind this show in the feed that uh, Paul and Ryan and I talked about, uh, the new DC animated film Justice Society World War II. So hopefully that's, hopefully that's there. Uh, As the time of the recording, it's not there, but I'm hoping it will be there. You're, the, you're really the only one in charge of that. Yeah, but life life happens. Life, life gets in the uh, way. Uh, uh, life finds a way to get in the way. Uh, is what I chaos. Yeah. So, I think it will. I'm planning on it. It just hasn't happened, so I can't say for sure. It's there. You are one back spasm away from not getting a show. Right. Exactly. Uh, there, I turned the wrong way in this chair, and the show is not. It will be a out. media explode um, soon. It feels like we just did one, but I guess that was for the last yeah. month. So, uh, and there will be. It should be this coming week, maybe. There will be a Talksplode soon. And and update, Connor's learning this now. I have a, uh, I have a confirmation. Just going to set a time. Ooh. We're going to talk to a person uh, who did a book that we liked very much um, and has had an interesting it's career. John it's John Buscema. Is he, is he alive? I don't think so. Sal might be. <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> They're like the Hemsworths. <laughs> <laughs> no, John died in yeah. 2002. Oh, it was a while ago. Jeez. Yeah. 
He's a Titan. Uh, and then uh, the next book explode will be coming next month, uh, but you're going to want to get started on Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year One, the complete collection. And understand, too, there's also Year Two and Year Three. So if you're if you're diving into this, you, you could be in for a lot of reading, but that might not necessarily be a bad hey, thing. Hey, Sal's still alive. Good man. So is Larry Lieber. Yeah, he's 85 years old. He's 85 years old. Uh, so that's those shows. If you want to uh, head over to ifanboy.com, you can find all the shows and you will find our backlog of uh, Toxplodes and Mediasplodes and Booksplodes uh, for your enjoyment. Like, oh, why haven't they ever talked about this? Maybe we did. I don't remember. Don't ask me if we did it. Connor might remember. He's got a yeah. spreadsheet he can check. Uh, but they're all there. Um, you can uh, find out uh, what the pick of the week is before it comes out or other random we, we post a little bit not a ton uh, on facebook.com slash ifanboy at ifanboy on twitter and uh, ifanboy comics on instagram you can follow us individually on instagram at cs kilpatrick and at j flanagan um there's that you can subscribe to our youtube page uh, at youtube.com slash ifanboy and uh, keep up to date on the old video show reuploads, which this past week include um, a mini that was the pick of the week, which was Giant Size Astonishing X-Men number one uh, with Fallen. Look at the synergy. Look at the synergy. Fallen hero Joss Whedon. Uh, there's a whole show on superhero costumes, um, mm-hmm. which I don't imagine we just like put up a picture of the Flash and we're like, we're out. Wait. We, t- yeah, we talked about the ones we liked and why we liked them and what's, which did ones you, don't work did you and why. go through it all? Work. Did it was, we talk about Taskmaster? I scrubbed oh. through it and I did see an okay, image of that Taskmaster. Makes sense. As, so long as, as long as that was covered, that's yeah. all I want. Uh, yeah. And then uh, apparently I did an interview with Jeff Johns at Jim Hanley's Universe. By the way, this was a, a bellwether watermark uh, in my career as a comic book interviewer. Um, I really liked that. This was at the time that um, Green Lantern Rebirth was coming out. Um, and we no no, no. flash well, rebirth. The flash, flash it was in conjunction right, with the right, flash right. rebirth. You're right. Um, yeah. at the time when the artist of that book was not a complete pariah, uh, but he was not there. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it was it was one of those like there was a whole crowded house, and we did the thing. And 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 Jeff told me about that one later. He said he had he didn't know me and and or what we did and he said he sat down expecting to get a bunch of comic book questions and i quickly moved into talking about craft as i will because that's what i like to talk about and he lit up you know and, and he said things in that about making comics that i still uh, i still think about today uh when i when i talk when i think about how i'm going to talk about creativity and comics and the art and the craft and all that stuff so uh that was that was great um i really liked that that time so that exists now for you to watch um, it's a while mm-hmm. back, but it's still worth seeing, I think. Yep. And if you like the show, please just consider leaving a review on iTunes if you have it still or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes muscle memory kicks in and the old sh- script comes out. Uh, MySpace.com slash iFanboy. We never <laughs> your had that. Kids, uh, your letter carrier, your litter carrier, uh, your your pet litter carrier, all, any, anyone doing that. Um, now that people are doing things, if you're on a flight, tell the flight attendant, everyone you encounter now. Bing We're all outside. Boy. We haven't talked to people in a while. Just can tell I, anyone can you I run into. You? Yeah. Can I have some extra peanuts? And also, I don't know if you like comic books, but you're on these <laughs> flights a lot. I see you have AirPods back there. You might want to check out. And then and she's... Yeah. Or play it over the, over the, you know, the, the speaker oh, on the plane. People love when you share your audio with them on any kind of public transport. Sure. No, what I'm seeing is get them to pipe it through the. I mean, the it's PA a fair system. question. They must have Bluetooth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, 
It's it's all you know. Fine. They don't have Bluetooth. You know I'm that sorry. they have a plug with like a quarter inch mono, like clunk. For sure. <laughs> Help us spread the word and the love. And you know what? Before we sign off, yeah. Josh, one more thing I thought of for Chris's question was: I used to really enjoy. I don't know if he still does it or not, and I enjoyed it for several reasons. But on Instagram TV, which I don't even know if it still exists as IGTV, a function, yes. but Todd Todd McFarlane used to do how-to videos. Huh. And they were great for several reasons. One, he's he's terrific, like as a person, but uh, like as a person to watch. But he, you know, he still, he still he draws really well. I mean, he hardly hardly draws at all. So it was fun to watch him draw. Like I watched him do a whole thing on eyes, how to draw eyes, and it was f- fascinating. Huh. And so you can you can one of my point is you can find those kind of videos all over the place by established artists doing. That Unfortunately, kind of stuff. that puts him back on YouTube. So it's right back where he started. <laughs> <laughs> that's Instagram the point stands yeah so there you go anyway and I'm going to also pat myself on the back for during your ad read of uh, the sponsorship talking about the heat not talking about the heat is on by Glenn Fry. I wanted to you'll you'll notice a marked difference between the music that you would choose for a show and the music that I would choose <laughs> for a show so don't get your hopes up Although the, you I'm already saying, know, I, it was coming out of my mouth that I decided not to besmirch the sponsors. There was a, with Mark Glenn Fry there was talk. a local commercial for a Boston television station that we would get in Maine, and that is where I heard that song. And it was like people talking about people talking about how the summer was around, and that was the reason to watch WLDI. You didn't you didn't see it on Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know that it stuck with me than a commercial that I saw seventy thousand times a day. I see that makes that makes sense. <laughs> All right, that's this for this week's show. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. The heat is on. It's on the street. Don't know when though. Never know when I'll be back in town. But remember what I tell you. In time, you're gonna pay And it's surprising How time slips away